0: This is the Super Mercado Brothers podcast, a weekly dose of video game music and conversation from the Mercado Brothers Network. This week, we traverse the symphonic expanse
1: of Hyrule with Materia Collective's Hero of Time album, wander to the Forbidden Land with Major 3rd and A Shadow of the Colossus episode of The Big Ones, and gear up for a playlist full of boss
0: themes. Hey guys, welcome back to your favorite weekly video game music podcast hosted by two brothers. I'm Will Brueggemann, and I'm joined by my very own co-host and brother, Carl. Hi folks, what a show we have planned for you today. What a show, what a show. You said it, Will. Twice, in fact. And hey, let's not forget about our good pal Major Third and his newest segment. When it comes to Shadow of the Colossus, I'd say The Big Ones is right on message.
1: (laughs) I'm amused by the line you just read, my brother. But folks, first you'll hear from the minds behind Hero of Time, an orchestral tribute to Koji Kondo's amazing work on The Legend of Zelda Ocarina
0: of Time. Jeez, Carl, it looks like Christmas came in April this year. So what are we waiting for? For the intro to end, I think. It's unclear. I swear, this is the last time
1: I let you write the show notes. Hold on, I gotta take this. Hello? Oh, hey, Steven. Good to hear from you. It's Steven from the Overclocked Podcast. Something's up. Uh, is everything okay? You sound confused and appear to be hyperventilating Mm-hmm Yep Mm-hmm Yeah Okay Yeah
2: Mm-hmm Yep uh-huh. uh-huh
1: Okay, I didn't understand any of that Could you repeat it slowly and this time use words from a human
0: language? Oh, for- Give me that Steven, it's Will We're kind of in the middle of recording our podcast, man What's up?
2: Oh, dear
0: What? Okay, apparently we're kind of in the middle of recording their podcast. Steven says the show's notes got mixed up? Something about MagFest and a confetti machine? Oof, that explains this detailed section on Knuckles the Echidna. Sorry about the mix-up. Uh, you might need to record the intro again. Uh, I don't think we were boisterous enough. Okay, gotcha. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, have a great day. See you around. Well, that was unfortunate. Hey, you know what I always say, all's will that ends will. Uh, let's go, Will. Yeah, okay.
2: Alright, thanks, guys. Yep, see you next year. Hoo boy. Who boy. 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 Ah, what a show, what Ooh, a show. boy. Ah, nice to be back in my old seat. Thanks mm-hmm. to the Super Marcado Bros for, um filling in for us i guess yeah absolutely everyone should check them out the uh the super Mercado bros over at uh super is that actually correct i think uh amazingly got that right they they do okay. host a video game music podcast they are two brothers it makes sense how this could have happened exactly you know i get myself mixed up with other people all the time especially oh i get myself them. mixed up with you like every day exactly brian so something that uh you guys should all do is yeah check out the supermercado pros podcast it's there on itunes and all the podcasting places and it's really good it's probably better than this show as we've said before unlike us they're very professional and they never make Mm. dumb mistakes like this no not at all not at all but thank you all for joining us for what is going to be a show what a show (laughs) what a show what a show i mean they already told you what you're in store for but i mean i want to expand on it just a little bit because um Materia Collective is back with another album, like their 10th or something in the last year. And uh, this is the Ocarina of Time One. And my fun story for that is uh, bringing you into the room uh, that we have set up with our TV and our big speakers and playing some of the songs for you. And I don't always get great reactions out of you when I'm showing you stuff. Um, Uh That's why I work so hard for the secret songs. But (laughs) you were like, I was watching your facial expression change from interest to wonder (laughs) as we were listening to some of those songs some of those songs i think just they're not just reorchestrations or remixes of um ocarina of time songs they're reimaginings into like this is something new that it could have been that uses it made me realize how strong the original ideas were by -hmm. doing something just knew they came out of like some crazy film score and really really makes you wonder makes you wonder what koji kondo would have done if he had that kind of budget and you know Mm -hmm. orchestra at his fingertips yeah it's so yeah that's true that was a really good interview um and i'm also going to go out on a limb here and say that this uh episode of the big ones coming up from Mm -hmm. major third yeah i think it's my favorite that he's done so far. It is a fitting one to be called The Big Ones because it is about Shadow of the Colossus, uh, yeah, which is a game Mar- that was almost titled mm-hmm. The Big Ones. The Mercado Bros already made that joke, Brian. Wait, they did? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, oh. you're stealing from their material now. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> okay. I, I, I can't say I actually listened to what they said. Okay. Well, that's embarrassing. Let's just go into the episode. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's wait. We need to say what we're going to do. We're going to go do the Remix Rewind, where we recap the recent remixes from OC Remix. (laughs) We kick off this week with Time Seal by Nostalvania and the OC Jazz Collective. This smooth jazz treatment is one of many excellent Chrono Trigger jazz remixes available on OCR's Chronology album. Head over to ocremix.org to pick it up for free. It's quality work. Mixer King Tiger jumps into Mega Man X8 with S Cop A, an energetic rap remix, chock full of original lyrics. It's like the blue bomber just defeated Rap
3: Rhinoceros and took his power.
2: Press X to drop the mic.
3: What's the point of even going through this open door? been only fail So it'd to feel ashamed There's always a chance that I could fail So I'd just rather not set sail I'll push it aside to get on with my days I've got too much pride so I'll just stay the same Know what'll happen? I'll just forget And I'll do it all again next chance I get Escape from
2: Elder Scrolls series has stunned us with its music for a generation, and Hyperduck Soundworks has arranged a gorgeous exploration of the themes from The Elder Scrolls IV, Oblivion, into a mist-shrouded medley for our enjoyment in Beyond the Imperial Prison. your Zora tunic and wax your board as newcomer remixer Furorizu debuts with a surfer-style reimagining of Zelda 2 themes in Hyrule's Deadly Places. High-energy fun certainly suits the Zelda series, and the added hints of danger fit right in, too. these remixes and more head over to ocremix.org welcome back to another edition of the in tune interview i'm steven your host as usual and today in the studio we have a couple of (laughs) a new album approaches and knuckles (laughs) Overclocked Remix is an organization dedicated to the appreciation and promotion of Knuckles as an art form, and their latest Knuckles project follows this code with an inspired look at Knuckles through an album titled And Knuckles. Bro kicks off the album with a genre-defining trap-crunk rendition of Knuckles' theme from Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles, featuring subtle hints of Chun-Li's theme and a tasteful sprinkle of vocal work. Listening to Knuckles Goes Ratchet is like falling into a folder marked ethnic samples and breaking most of your limbs very quickly.
4: This girl sucks.
2: I am <laughs> knuckles is one smooth criminal. Jose the Bronx Rican gets this, which is exactly why he teamed up with an old pal to sing about knuckles. Knuck's jacked swing is the result, and it will give you that unforgettable feeling of pulling off a successful bank heist with your buddy Knuckles and strolling away into the distance as you rap about Knuckles and think about Knuckles.
3: Will make your knees buffle. I hit enough rules, look like they got car uncles. Just you, damn right, fools a cry uncle, subtle and supple, bring up result for any muffle. Suckers will trouble, then they get hounded like Huckle, Barry, beat down, feeling cheated like a couple. You jacks wanna rumble, step up and get trouble with a grand a of or is a bare knuckle? is noisy
2: lady wildfire pits our boy knuckles against himself in an existential argument we like to call chuckles chaotix a mix hoppin with bouncy synths and self-discovery it dives deep into the echidna psychology through a back-and-forth rap battle born on an island in the heavens who needs Sonic when you have Knuckles and Knuckles? First breath,
5: first test, feel the right, then the worst left. The new porcupine on the block with the buff chest. Out the wilderness with the ruggedness. Knock, knock his knuckles. The blow thrower. Independent flower. Magical emerald holder. Give you the colder shoulder. My spike goes to boulders. That's why I stay alone. I was born by myself. I don't need a pot. I get it all by myself. Adversaries get shelved. I will be the one to set your heart free, true. Cleanse yourself with them evil spirits that's in you. I will be the one that set your heart free true. Cleanse yourself with them evil spirits that's in you. Okay
3: now, this is very strange. What is the meaning of this? Is this a dream? No, it's more like a nightmare beginning to blow my mind this doesn't make any sense that's it i've had enough wait a minute oh no it's starting to happen Uh, not again
5: here i come rougher than the rest of them the best of them tougher than leather you can call me knuckles unlike sonic i don't chuckle I'd rather flex my muscles, I'm hard as nails, it ain't hard to tell, I break them down whether they solid or frail, unlike the rest I'm independent since my first breath, first test, feel the right then the worst slap, the new forky pine on the block with the buff chest, out the wilderness with the ruggedness, knock knock his knuckles, the blow thrower, independent flower, magical emerald holder, give you the colder shoulder, my spike goes to boulders, that's why I stay alone now. I was born by myself, I don't need a posse, I get it on by myself, adversaries get shelved. Is that all you've got? I will be the one to set your heart free true Fine, give it your best shot Cleanse yourself with them evil spirits that's in you I can do better than that I will be the one to set your heart free true Just what I thought Cleanse yourself with evil spirits that got in you Whoa, that was incredible Hold on, come back here Okay, let's go Here I come than the rest of them, the best of them
2: so because this is coming out on the 1st of april i feel like i should mention this at the top of the interview this is not a joke this project actually exists (laughs) it is not an elaborate ruse so all That's that said, fair. welcome back to another episode of the Intune interview. That's where we talk to music makers about the music that they make. I'm Stephen Kelly. I'm your host. And today we've got two guests here in the studio with me. There is Sebastian from uh, Materia Collective. He's been on the show before. Welcome, Sebastian.
6: Thank you very much. It's great to be back. Mm-hmm. It is great for you to be back.
2: Um, and also, Eric. Hey, Eric. Welcome to the show as well. How's it going? Oh, yeah, it's, it's going pretty well. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for having us. It's my pleasure, as I've said several times before we started recording. I really am excited about this one. So I'll let you guys take it all away for the opening volley of questions, which is basically just who are you and what do you do musically?
6: Absolutely. Well, not much has changed since the last interview. Um, I'm the co-founder of a pretty sizable uh, video game music company called Materia Collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a background in music rights and music licensing. I play piano. I arrange for piano. I orchestrate uh, but what I've found over the years is that the best way I can give back to this absolutely vibrant community is by helping musicians and composers uh, with you know, managing projects, administrating rights mm-hmm. and sort of overseeing things on a much more executive level. Uh, which brings us of course to uh, Hero of Time, one of the largest and most ambitious video game music projects to date. been an absolutely fantastic journey uh, working with Eric Buchholz.
2: Hi. Hey, speaking of, speaking <laughs> of Eric, <laughs> so where do you fit into this, Eric? How did you guys, you know, meet up and what is it you do? Uh,
7: so I'm, I'm a composer, arranger, orchestrator, uh, do all sorts of things freelance. Um, I also work for Chad Cider and Susie Seider. Um They are also composers, orchestrators who live down in Los Angeles, do a lot of uh, TV, film, video game, uh, music recording type stuff. Uh, so that's kind of where I got, like, all of my music background knowledge, like, how to do all this stuff was from working with Chad and Susie on stuff like mm-hmm. the Legend of Zelda 25th Anniversary Symphony, the Symphony of the Goddesses concert tour, and,
2: and everything else that we've done since. And we've had Chad on the show before. That was when we were talking about ReCore. Awesome. Laura and Travio was there as well. Cool. So... Yeah, there are, there are a lot of people that we already know on this project, but just a ton more. Like, this is, <laughs> this is a huge thing you guys put together. It was a really big project. It was a lot of fun. When, when did it start, though? Like, I mean, Materia Collective has put together some huge albums before, but an enormous orchestral score like this, you know, as far as I know, a totally new thing.
6: Well, we're definitely standing on the shoulders of giants uh, you know there have been several very ambitious uh you know video game orchestra projects you know of course there's the video game live series by tommy tallarico and uh there's distant worlds by arnie roth productions you know uh, last year i think it was final symphony came out uh with john valtonen and the spiel music concert uh, groups from germany so th- there is a there's a fantastic legacy of these very large and ambitious orchestra productions of video game music and you know it's it's wonderful to sort of be the next piece in that legacy. Yeah, of course, with uh, within the scope of Materia Collective, um, <laughs> we've uh, we've noticed a trend about when when we release albums, we have the word unprecedented uh, showing up <laughs> over and over again in our uh, <laughs> press releases and the way we talk about albums. But it's true, you know. There, uh, last year we released nineteen albums. Uh, that's a, that's a total of I think eight, over eight hundred total tracks. A uh, material collective has grown to over 650 musicians that have contributed wow. Wow. in some capacity. So it's it's phenomenal to sort of have you know that that understanding and that recognition within the video game music community, and mm-hmm. have Hero of Time be the next sort of large centerpiece of that.
4: So,
2: whose idea was this project, though? Like, Sebastian, was this something you came to Eric with, or was it the other way around?
7: Well, so last summer, I think it was maybe towards the end of July or beginning of August. Um, me and Sebastian just decided to go meet up for, for dinner downtown. And uh, so we sat down, we had a few ideas to kick around at the table, you know, kind of talked about each project, which one might have the most potential for, mm-hmm. for being successful or being really cool. And we settled on on Ocarina of Time, uh, making an album, recording an orchestra for it, you know, having a Kickstarter and all that stuff. That's kind of where we put the ground foundation in place. Um, mm mm-hmm. I sat down, started writing arrangements, and then in October we launched the Kickstarter.
2: Oh, yes. I remember when that came out. It was actually one of those moments when I was on Twitter and I started tweeting about it. I'm like, guys, this is an awesome Kickstarter. Check this thing out. And then <laughs> I headed over to the OCR staff. I'm like, guys, am I allowed to promote Kickstarters from the Overclocked account? i of like, what is it? I'm like, it's here. It's okay. That's fine. Okay. Guys, check this out. It's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Well, thank
6: you so much for you know promoting this to all the, all the friends and fans that Overclocked Records has. Oh yeah, I mean, and everyone.
2: It, I was happy to because I don't know if you guys are familiar with some of the other um, orchestral and otherwise arrangement albums that have come out for various Zelda games. There's been, um, like you mentioned, Symphony of the Goddesses. There's also Twilight Symphony, which is all about... Twilight Princess. was another kickstarter product i backed you know way back in the day and also we talked about time's end recently which is theophany's major's mask tribute because that covered zelda in general that covered twilight princess that covered majora's mask ocarina of time has you know hasn't had its grand orchestral debut really so this is like almost like a a vacant hole in the video game music scene that needed to be filled
6: well we're very glad to fill that <laughs> yeah uh, you know there, oh, there was a couple of years ago I th- a couple of years ago 1999 my goodness uh hyrule symphony came out for the ocarina of time album uh-huh. i don't remember if, if it was released in the u.s at all but there was definitely a cd in japan uh, possibly in other countries as well
2: oh that i don't think i've actually heard of that which
6: surprises me ah uh, it's a wonderful album you should have a listen
2: yeah it's great they had just a small uh, small
7: chamber orchestra um a little bit of ocarina and guitar here and there At least as far as like the last several years, you know, there's been this really big kind of resurgence of orchestral Zelda music or Mm -hmm. orchestral video game music in general, just all these concerts, um, all of these other albums that are being produced. But a lot of those are just kind of these best of collections of, uh, you know, hit tracks from all across the franchise. A lot of medleys. Uh, For Hero of Time, what we actually wanted to do was to kind of like retell the whole story and like... Give the whole game like this recreation through music where you can listen to the music and um, just remember the story, see it play back in your head as if you're watching a movie almost.
6: We definitely went uh, in more of the direction of creating sort of a cinematic orchestral experience for the listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when when you look back on uh, the early games, you very much have that vivid memory of like, oh, this is how the game looked. This is how it sounded. it again and you remember <laughs> pixel dithering and you know <laughs> early early stage 3d things and uh, of course you know the the music is uh timeless <laughs> pun intended but uh we, we really wanted to tell tell sort of the story how it how how many fans i think might remember it
2: almost as if when you're listening to this in your head, your memories are playing out, you know, in, exactly. in sequence. Exactly. How were you trying to tell the story? How were you trying to organize these thoughts? What was your thought process for that? Sure. Um,
7: well, for each each track that's on the album, uh, we looked really hard at what do we want to tell with this particular piece of music or this track? Um, and we did kind of use this to our, our own advantage so that we could... Uh, shape the the narrative that we wanted to tell about Ocarina of Time. Like a lot of people like they might just think, okay, Ocarina of Time is this game about a boy saving the world. But there is also a lot of these like underlying themes of impermanence and mortality and like really kind of dark, heavy elements to the game that um, are pretty beneath the surface unless you actually like go and look for them. And so I kind of wanted to to bubble some of those up to the surface, make them a little more apparent. With Village of Shadows in particular, that's that's the arrangement on the album for Kakariko Village, um, with with some elements of the Nocturne of Shadow, and even some like there's a a quote of the Windmill Hut theme just because um, that had to be somewhere on the album. We we chose to arrange that track in a minor key, just to kind of highlight this whole doom and gloominess of Kakariko. Because on the surface, like Kakariko, it looks like this happy, you know, little village in up up in the mountain and um, like there's chickens running around, you know. But mm-hmm. when you look at it closely, like you've got the, the cemetery in the back back area of the town. You've got the well that has like this really creepy monster living in it. You've got a house full of people who have been cursed into skulltilas, you've got the shadow temple, you've got like There's a cutscene in the game where it's literally burning to the ground. This place is dark. to kind of use our lens of truth if you will and show (laughs) yeah uh show the true nature of of
2: kakariko village i really love that because it's never a um i guess it's like never a viewpoint that i've seen expressed outside of the game before Mm. and it's always something that i felt pretty strongly when you know doing mini games and chores around kakariko (laughs) like there are certain places you don't want to go is even that you know that guy who appears under the tree when when night falls mm-hmm. and he's just like expressing all of these you know hideous thoughts whenever you walk by and it's like what's up with this place <laughs> um and when i was listening to village of shadows which by the way i think is my favorite track from the awesome. album um i like a certain phrase kept popping into my head and village of shadows is a great name but the secondary name i would call it is there's something under the well
7: So when I was arranging Village of Shadows, I may have been uh, most of the way through the the Netflix show Stranger Things, and <laughs> that was actually quite inspirational in, in in the regard of like the whole idea of the upside down and um, just kind of how creepy the the whole show is. Um, like it's even represented. There's there's some descending fifth um, intervals rather than the descending fourth, which is the inversion, um, of, of the hero's theme. And, um, I mean, just small little details like that, that are just brought in from, you know, these external influences, inspirations, um, just kind of, I think it adds an extra dimension without going too far from being appropriate for Zelda.
2: So did you guys try to sort of space out the types of arrangements you were putting in here. Some that would be inversions or totally different takes and others that would really stick closer to the source.
6: You know, as with any arrangement, album or covers, uh, you're always walking that fine line of, you know, do we create a very truthful arrangement that's true to you, to the original and captures, um, you know, a lot of those original things, or do you take a much more derivative approach and do things with Uh, you know, underlying melodies and themes and incorporate a little bit more of, you know, the world that sort of surrounds it and gives the song and, you know, the entire characters or landscapes or battles or whatever,
4: Mm
6: -hmm. what gives all of that context? Um, You know, like Eric said, bubbling sort of those underlying themes, motifs, uh, a little bit more to the surface, and bringing forth an experience that listeners might not actually have outside the scope of the game.
2: So kind of, pulling back from the details to the overall sound you guys had what a 64 piece orchestra for this project yeah mm-hmm, that's correct it it sounds giant like <laughs> it's just has this enormous quality to it so i'm curious where did you guys end up recording all of this music was it in one place
7: pretty much for the most part uh so we did the kickstarter and we raised over fifty thousand dollars which we then used to go record the orchestra in uh Bratislava, slovakia Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a really great studio recording orchestra. They get so many film film scores recorded there, so many TV shows, other video games. Um, they're really good at sight reading. Uh, all of the the performances that we recorded from the orchestra were uh, they were sight read. like they don't have yeah. we don't have rehearsal time and we every everything that they play, we just record. In addition to the orchestra, we had, um i want to say eight or nine uh, solo recording artists from materia um mm-hmm. we had doug perry on mallet percussion jake mccoy recording guitars kristen negus recording various woodwinds she's got all of the woodwinds uh, lauren travia was playing flute for us for um for the forest temple track we had nicholas gold play, playing cello patty rudisil on violin Tim Stoney playing organ and Wayne Strange doing some really cool voice effects. And I can't leave out our amazing solo pianist, Augustine Mayuga Gonzalez, who recorded David Peacock's arrangement uh, for the
2: the Dark Waters track. Yeah, that was another one of those tracks that totally caught me off guard.
6: (laughs) Um, one of my favorite tracks actually is Long, Long Ranch that uh, Kristen Naigis and Paddy Rudisill uh, arranged. And that actually has mm-hmm. a pretty significant solo section with Jake McCoy on acoustic guitar.
2: So it sounds like you guys had that backing of that enormous orchestra, but you brought in all of your friends from Materia to give it that personal <laughs> touch in the solo sections. Yeah,
7: like we we wanted there to be a, a couple tracks on the album that didn't use the orchestra and just kind of Give, give people a break from it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's where Lawn Lawn Ranch came in. Same with the, the piano solo track, Dark Waters. And then the other instruments that we recorded are mostly, e- either the parts are too difficult to really rely on the studio musician who's sight reading, or they just simply don't have the instrument mm-hmm. uh, available to record at the, at the studio.
2: What kind of instruments were you guys um, looking for? Like, were you really trying to stick to a traditional kind of western orchestral sound because there like are a lot of um you know instruments that i wouldn't have necessarily expected to hear in this kind of ensemble (laughs) yeah
7: so we we did take um it it was a little bit unique of an ensemble um if we just look at the original soundtrack for for a second uh, koji kondo uses a lot of um strings and uh horns trombones like a lot like a lot of those other brass instruments he doesn't use a lot of trumpets um we do have a few trumpets on the album on a on a few of the tracks, but largely we didn't use many trumpets um because that was not really how Koji Kondo mm-hmm. wrote. And then we we wanted to take this kind of uh Eastern Japanese um influences and kind of mix them together, uh East Meets West approach, uh with with the taiko drums and with uh with Kristen's Bonsuri playing yes. um and show uh, which is like a multi-read Japanese instrument that um kind of gives like a shimmering effect. We only use it a few times, but um it sounds
2: really nice. Am I crazy though, or was there no like vocals or choir work on this?
6: We talked early on about whether we wanted to you know have have featured vocalists or even hire a choir. huh um, but aside from the budgetary decision you know which would have probably even doubled our Kickstarter budget yeah <laughs> um it ended up being a very conscious decision that we wanted to have this very much an orchestral symphonic instrumental experience
7: it also comes down a little bit to again what Koji Kondo did with this uh with the original uh, I mean he did use choir on the soundtrack uh most notably for Temple of Time and like the Chamber of Sages and stuff um but this kind of gave us an opportunity to to do something a little bit different to show how, you know, these melodies might work in another context um, while also, you know, working within our our own budgetary constraints.
2: Were there any um, songs, speaking of constraints, that you guys really wanted to get in here that you weren't able to? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, guess that's the obvious answer, right? Yeah. Um, we did have
7: to do a lot of... Um, like kind of trimming down our track list to make sure that um, every track that's on on the album has a purpose within that narrative that we wanted to tell um, but also including a lot of the the favorites that we know that fans are going to be wanting to hear um mm-hmm. i would have loved like this is this was kind of next on the list if we had if we had room for one more track i would have done a boss battle rendition of the twin rover theme you know, they're they're Ganon's uh, Ganondorf's uh, mothers, basically. So uh-huh. um, that would have been interest fun, fun, and interesting thing to include, but it didn't really.
2: There, it wasn't a major driving point of the story, so we had to cut it. Conveniently, you can go in and just kind of echo certain tracks, right? Like you definitely worked a lot of the uh, ocarina songs into other tracks. Yeah, was kind of cool. That
7: was that was one thing that I really wanted to. Um, kind of make sure that we had that we included in some fashion like we we used the ocarina warp songs but we used them in a way that it's not like we just created a medley of all of the ocarina songs together mm-hmm. we ended up using um for example the bolero of fire we used that idea in the track that had to do with the fire temple with Fulvagia, and with um with the gorons Uh, well, this is an example of how we kind of created the narrative that most people might not really remember. Uh, in the game, there's you can go talk to these little Goron children, and they'll say, Oh, Ganon, Ganondorf has taken um, taken all of the grown-ups, and he's going to feed them to Volvagia. And that's what that whole track is about. That's, it's called Feast of the Fire Dragon. And, oh, yeah. And you can hear like the Goron theme kind of a little bit in... in throughout there uh, along with the fire temple theme is like these are very subtle references but like if you if you listen with a close ear um, you might be able to catch all those sorts of things
2: yeah there are a ton of like just detailed work in these arrangements it's uh, really fun to listen through multiple times um, which was, you know, good for me because I crammed <laughs> it all <in> yesterday.
6: <laughs> one thing that sort of sets this album apart from a couple of other albums, it has immense re-listenability because you will pick up different musical motifs, little hidden references uh, all throughout the album. And I think, you know, when you re-listen to the album over and over again, you will have a different experience every time.
2: So, you know, Eric, you mentioned one of your favorites. Is there one that you're very partial to, Sebastian?
6: One one of my favorite tracks... Uh, is probably the legendary blade Uh um, as well as Castletown Market. town market was was a surprise because it's you know a very unassuming track it's nice it's folky it's villagey yeah, all of these nice things but it's definitely not uh, sort of the cinematic feel that was really on the album and it, it was fun when we had our listening party we, we had a couple of people sort of get up and start you know dancing the village people dance round and round in the circles <laughs> it, it's fascinating how much you know how much power and like immense sound you can Uh, pull from existing material and give, you know, know, while staying true to the original material, definitely still have a new experience for listeners.
2: It is just such a departure from the original sound and yet that is kind of the feeling you got when walking into the hyrule market for the first time like right everything was moving and there was a giant castle in the background and you were on an adventure <laughs> and that is kind of what it felt like right, right. that is like tied for my favorite track by the way that was such a fun one guys are looking back. This is all done. You've you put it out there. You did the Kickstarter. I assume you get to take a little bit of a break? No. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no. There are no breaks. Oh, well, wishful thinking. Well, let's assume right now you have a magical Ocarina of Time that can bring you back to any point. Um, What are you hoping people will see when they look back on Hero of Time? What do you want people to remember from this project?
6: Or, or at least my hope would be that Hero of Time serves as inspiration to other video game fans and other video game music fans about you know this is something that is possible not only through crowdfunding but through the community that that we have within the video game world you know we Mm -hmm. you know through kickstarter we brought a thousand people together to help create something you know of this caliber of this quality so i think when people look back on this you know definitely part inspiration but also part you know this is this is what is possible in 2017 yeah you know you you can create something immensely inspiring that can reach thousands maybe even a million people and make it all possible through you know a very passionate community the barrier of entry has been lowered and sort of the the ceiling of what is possible has been raised yet again
7: yeah I would I would say the same thing um, I mean I've been very fortunate you know to to have had the the opportunities that I've had working with Chad working with Nintendo on their official concert tours and stuff but that doesn't mean that doing something like hero of time is unattainable for for anyone given enough time passion dedication and um finding people who are willing to support you can really go a long way
2: well said and here's actually final question which kind of relates to this this is actually from roe or swiggles rp for those of you who may know him he has a youtube channel he's a part of the VGM scene, mm-hmm. um, and he asks simply, what comes next?
6: <laughs> oh, goodness, another easy question. Uh, <laughs> Are you, well, you guys
2: have any plans or any ideas that you can or cannot
6: discuss? Well, I'm very vaguely excited about the rest of 2017. <laughs> uh, we, uh, Materia Collective will be releasing a few original soundtracks in the coming weeks and months.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, we have approximately nine other remix and cover song projects in the works right now. And uh, one of one of the big things that I've been passionate about for the last decade is making video game sheet music happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it it, it definitely exists out there in the wild. But, you know, having professionally arranged, created, engraved uh, sheet music publications of video game music uh, is something I would love to pursue more of this year. And sort of the Undertale piano collections that we released a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. was sort of the start of that. And I would love to have more things like that happen. So, Material Collective is on a pretty exciting path. That's very awesome. <laughs> I'm excited about that too.
2: What about you, Eric? Do you have anything that you want to mention outside of my my regular
7: work? I haven't really had time to, you know, sit back and and think about what's after here of time. Um, but I guess just in general, like it would be really cool uh, to start, you know, working closely with some of these these video game companies uh you know capcom or nintendo or microsoft or anyone really just kind of working with them get closer and maybe do some of these projects in an official capacity
2: i think that would be you know a huge step forward every once in a while one of the you know big publishers one of the big companies will you know open up and reach out and do something like that and it's usually magical when it happens so i wish you luck <laughs> thanks yeah for sure uh So, looking down the road, you guys have a break from this. Is there any chance that someday we will have Waker of Wind, a Materia Collective (laughs) Legend of Zelda (laughs) symphonic album about the best Legend of Zelda game? Well, I can't say it's something I haven't thought of. (laughs) Okay. I'll take it. (laughs) All right, guys, we better wrap this up then. Thanks a lot for coming and hanging out with us on the Overclock podcast. It was a pleasure to have both of you.
6: Yeah, thanks for having us. Stephen, thank you so much for making the time. It was a pleasure to be here.
2: You're welcome. But thanks again. And uh, now we are going to head back to the rest of our regularly scheduled
8: program. Welcome to The Big Ones, a look at popular game music and what makes it so loved. Today is all about the most literal big ones so far, Shadow the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus released in October 2005, and I would argue that no other game from this year, besides maybe Resident Evil 4 or Psychonauts, is brought up as often or as reverently. Plenty of great games came out that year, but Shadow of the Colossus is mentioned on almost every list that says the best games of all time, or the best game soundtracks ever. And for good reason. There's some parts of the game that don't feel quite right, and the visuals haven't aged incredibly well, but there's no game out there that does exactly what Shadow of the Colossus does. The game was designed by Fumito Ueda, who also designed Aiko and the more recent game, The Last Guardian. His main design philosophy is "design by subtraction, stripping down the game to only the most important parts. In Shadow of the Colossus, this is reflected through the sparse landscapes and minimal story. You play as Wander and must defeat the sixteen colossi to save a girl named Mono with the help of your horse, Agro. Also keep in mind the game never tells you any of these names, except for Agro. Agro! I swear he says Ara, but apparently it's Agro. Agro! Wander can hold up his sword and point to where the next colossus is. So you follow this light, fight and defeat that colossus before returning to the shrine in the middle of the map and then doing it again. But so much emotion and depth is hidden behind this simple premise. And much of the death is made apparent through Kao Otani's music, or in many cases, the absence of music. Prologue plays during the opening credits showing Wander bringing Mono to the shrine. I don't know if this was intentional, but there seems to be associations between certain instruments and certain characters. The pan flute represents Mono. It plays faintly in several different places, representing her slim chances of coming back to life. The organ and chorus represents the supernatural, the shrine, and the voice that speaks to you. Wander, the player, is represented through the strings, and the closai are represented through the horns and percussion. The strings are sad and falling in the prologue, showing the tiny glimmer of hope that Wander holds onto. The musical language is showed to the player at the very beginning of the game, but whenever you very first depart from the shrine to fight the first colossus, and to fight every colossus thereafter, there's no adventurous music to guide you to the great beast you need to find. There's no oppressive tones to show the weight of the situation. There's nothing. Just the ambient sounds of a nature devoid of animal life and aggro galloping. Sometimes a lack of music in the game feels awkward and accidental, like when a loop triggers at the wrong time and you're left with silence until you stand in the right place. But when used properly, silence is just as powerful as any instrument. Now let's look at one of the Colossus fights. The battle music is a clash of sounds as the violins attack and the horns repose. Keep that in your mind as we look at the fight with Quadratus, the second Colossus. Some of the Colossi have musical stings when you enter the area they're in, but for Quadratus, it's dead silent besides the wind and aggro galloping. Then, when you get close enough, the Colossus burst through a wall and a violent encounter starts. This has a fascinating mixture of instruments, with horns, strings, piano, and chorus all playing the melody at the beginning and coming in and out throughout the piece. Percussion gets a workout in this game, with constant cymbal crashes and rolling drums. Listen to this thing that comes in near the end. This theme is then replayed in Revive Power once you climb on the Colossus and find its weak point. The percussion is still beating like mad, but the strings completely dominate with one of the strongest melodies in the game. The positive first half is followed by a more morose second half that goes between a major and minor sound. This two-stage structure happens for almost every boss fight in the game, with some repeating tracks between Colossi and some unique ones. However, they all end in the same victory music. Now, I want to quickly compare this game with another superficially similar game, Monster Hunter. Both involve you leaving a central hub area to hunt down giant beasts, but the approach to a similar idea is radically different, and the victory theme is the perfect comparison point. Here's Monster Hunter's victory theme. It starts strong before going to a compelling march as you skin the monster and get ready to head back in town. You get to relive your fight, and if you're playing with a friend, you talk it over with them, discuss what you thought of the fight. Now here's Shadow of the Colossus' victory music. If you presented this music to someone unfamiliar with the game and said, where do you think this plays in the game? They would probably guess the game over screen. But this is the theme when you win. This is the way the game tells you that you did what you were supposed to do, but that was a bad thing to do. You're not the good guy in this story. You went into a forbidden land and attacked the colossi. It wasn't a self-defense situation. Shadow the Colossus is one of my favorite games ever. The graphics are a little rough and the controls may have not aged too well. But I think the blurry visuals and janky controls add to the overall feeling of the game. Wander isn't a soldier, he's just a guy trying to save a girl, and he's going to extremes to do it, getting into stuff that he probably shouldn't. The tone of the game is an amazing mixture of triumph and sadness, as every success doesn't feel satisfying due to the musical choices. The dissonance could have been handled so poorly, but the different elements combine into a massive success of storytelling through gameplay and atmosphere. There's a reason it's considered one of the best ever. Thanks for listening, and listen well.
4: Like this, this, like that, like like that, that. I like it. I like it.
2: What a show! What a show! Oh no! It's, oh, gosh. <laughs> thank you everyone especially today for joining us to this episode of the Overclock podcast if you want to find out more about Overclock remix including an excellent new album head over to ocremix.org yes and you can reach us personally on twitter at ocr podcast or email us at podcast at ocremix.org that is correct and we couldn't finish this episode without thanking everyone who helped to make it possible, starting with, of course, the Super Mercado brothers, Will and Carl Bruggemann. They were um, good sports <laughs> to get up our studio in time for us to record. Oh, yes. And, of course, also Sebastian and Eric for an excellent interview. I loved every moment of it. Matthew for doing our segment. And, of course, Knuckles. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. But let's head into the playlist now. It's also cool. <laughs> The Playlist is a weekly collection of listener-submitted recommendations so we can all discover music together. This week's theme is boss music. Brainiac Maniac from Plants vs. Zombies and submitted by Patchpin. Dark Matter 2 from Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon and submitted by Tamias 222 Death by Glamour From Undertale and submitted by Major Third of the Divine Wing from East Origin and submitted by Yorito. from Big Bad Bosses and submitted by Phoenix Down.
5: special eyes, even if they're gonna run up on me, I got tricks and
1: traps and big if they got big plans for later, but they're dead I got a personal private army, made out of a bunch of mice, and rabbits and foxes, now isn't that so familiar?
2: Onslaught from Final Fantasy Brave Exvius and submitted by Sword of Destiny. The Grand Finale from Bowser's Inside Story and submitted by Joseph G. Lost Hope for Tomorrow from Breath of Fire 5 and submitted by Jeff. you from violent storm and submitted by Carlos. Serpent Eating the Ground, from Bravely Default, and submitted by the M-Disc Playlist Podcast. You've been listening to the Overclocked Podcast. Next week's playlist is non-Final Fantasy Square music. And no, you trickster you, Kingdom Hearts does not count. To submit your own suggestions, or just say how you doing, hit us up on Twitter at OCRpodcast, email us at podcast at ocremix.org, or visit us on the forums at ocremix.org. This week's lyrical wisdom?
7: There's a face searching far, so far and wide. There's a place where you dreamed you'd never find. Hold on to what if. Hold on to what if.
2: All right, we're logging up, Marty. Lights out.
4: Oh, okay, sure thing. I'm going, I'm going. Shout out to Carlos.